My name's Adele Onyango and welcome to another episode of Legally Clueless. No, seriously, I have no clue what I'm doing, but I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one. Hello, can you tell I'm in such a good mood? <laughs> Even attempting to sing for you, no, I've really woken up in such a good mood and maybe it has something to do with taking a week, well, three to four days away from home, finding a cute cottage on Airbnb and just disappearing for a couple of days. But I'll tell you more about that a little later in the episode. Welcome, welcome to this episode of Legally Clueless. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, welcome to the tribe. Remember, you can join us on our socials on Twitter. Just use the hashtag Legally Clueless. I will find you. And that is not a threat, I assure you. And on Instagram, you can find us at Legally Clueless Podcast. Also remember, there are new episodes every week. So audio episodes go out on all your favorite online podcast streaming platforms on Mondays and then on Fridays at 9am on our YouTube channel the video episodes go up so make sure you subscribe on all the platforms so you don't miss out on any of those episodes. Also sending out love to those who have not just discovered this podcast and have been rocking with me all along. I really do appreciate you sending tons of love your way. So I'm very excited about this episode because of one thing that I'll be talking about in depth, which is guilt-free rest and the story that's coming up on 100 African Stories. Listen to this. A music video came out with that same song. Um, it's called All About the Money. It's featuring Timbaland. You can find it online. And there's some white lady, some white Russian lady lip syncing my vocals in the video, like literally, <laughs> literally singing and, and play performing my vocals in the video. So I really struggled. Um, and I asked a lot of questions, like, how could you let this happen? Why did this happen? And, 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 you know, the music industry is very blunt. And they were just like, yeah, you know, Russian girls, Russians don't really think black girls are too hot, you know? So it just wasn't going to work marketing-wise to have you in the video, even though you're vocals were hot. That is Kenyan musician Victoria Kimani. We actually recorded that in the middle of the lockdown last year and it was very insightful to hear some of the things she experienced as a black African woman in the music industry while she was in the States. So that story is coming up in a bit. However, let's jump into what I really want to talk about, which is something that is consuming most of my mind. <laughs> currently which is rest and guilt-free rest i think i talked about it a bit in the last episode i can't remember i really can't remember so basically now that i am doing my own thing i'm not employed running my own business i find it very hard to rest <laughs> i get so guilty when i rest even on days that i'm meant to be resting which is crazy because when i think back to when i was employed and how i would always be out of leave days because i felt no shame taking my leave days and leaving that office and speaking of leaving the office as soon as i'd finished my shift when i was doing the breakfast show my shift was 5 a.m to about 12 noon afternoon you could not reach me on phone if you are calling me from that office <laughs> i was so strict with the boundaries and i would be like this is my rest time this is my me time i am done working but it's funny how when now i transitioned to working for myself and building something for myself those boundaries just don't exist and even when i'm tired i guilt myself back into work so i'll tell myself things like you're just here resting do you know how many hours 
employed people have already put in. And then more recently, when I started warming up to the fact that what I'm actually building is a new media company, I then guilt myself (laughs) by saying, do you think those people who started, you know, the biggest traditional media houses are chilling right now? When they started those businesses, do you think they were resting? Can you get up and finish? It's just so wild how I will use anything to guilt myself into work. And what's even crazier is that when I'm super tired, especially mentally tired, and I force myself to work, my output is like such a low percent. Even the quality of the stuff that I do is just like, blech. (laughs) I come back to it the next day and I'm like, who the heck did this? You know what I'm saying? Clearly, it's apparent that rest is very important it's not a luxury it's it's a necessity so now I'm trying to figure out how do I have guilt-free rest as somebody who is running their own business or and I think quite a few people who are not employed would identify with this but then again even when you're employed you could be in an environment where you're guilted into working, working, working yourself into stress. And even speaking of the pressures, when you think about pressures like social media, it's so strange to me how on social media, everybody's busy all the time. (laughs) It's hashtag team no sleep. It's hashtag just, you know, sealed this deal. Hashtag on the grind, blah, blah, blah. And it's just like not possible to be busy (laughs) all the time and when you consume that content then you start wondering am I the only one who's (laughs) sleeping (laughs) who's team sleep (laughs) as healthy as sleep is so uh, there's so many things that contribute not only the things that I'm telling myself in my head but even externally that pressurize you into feeling this guilt when you just really want to rest. And so I started feeling it. Obviously, I mentioned in the last couple of episodes, mentally, I was not okay. Um, Having very dark thoughts and feeling very tired. And when I'd wake up, I would be mentally tired and physically tired, even though I've slept the whole night. And then tasks that used to make me happy and I'd be so excited to do just started feeling blech. Yeah, we're just going to move like blech is a word, okay? (laughs) I know you get me. And I had no energy for them. I started missing some deadlines, which is, is, is not normal for me. And I could just feel it. I could just feel that I'm tired. I've been pushing for so hard, I I need to come up and breathe. Now, what's also hard is I work from home. So that means, whereas other people come home from work, well, in this pandemic, it's a bit strange, but well, other people come home from work. So like my partner, Falgun, he still goes into work. And when he gets home, you can even see everything relaxing, like his body, his socks get left at the door. (laughs) And he just plumps himself on either the dining table or on the couch and he's on relax mode or he'll go to the balcony and just like chill out there. For me, home has just, and I didn't realize this was happening, has become 80% work, 20% relaxing. Even when I'm in the sitting room, I keep, this is how bad I've gotten, I keep my smaller laptop there so that I can keep responding to emails. (laughs) while I'm meant to be just zoning out and reading or whatever. So 
because of that, one of the things that I have to constantly do is change my environment every so often. So if it's on a daily, what that looks like is going for a walk or going out to sit at my favorite corner of the balcony and just like reading or people watching or listening to music. That's something that I do for like an hour. That's my rest time. Um, In a week, I'm really failing at this because Saturdays and Thursdays are meant to be rest days for me. But you know, when business comes... Like somebody could send me an email on Thursday and be like, hey, do you want to partner on ABCD? I'm not, I'm going to respond. <laughs> I'm going to be like, screw my rest day. Let's get on this proposal right now. But I've also learned that, yes, that happens sometimes. But most of the times the rut that I get myself into is if I'm talking to a client on Monday, I'll tell them, oh, great, I'll get this back to you on Thursday. That's setting myself up because Thursday is meant to be my rest day. I should acknowledge that and protect that and say either I'll get back to you on Wednesday or I'll get back to you on Friday. That drawing a boundary around my rest days, I am failing at it currently, like thoroughly failing. (laughs) And so what that looks like on a month to month basis for me is my solo trips. Honestly, the one that I went to in January completely rejuvenated me. I connected with my inner self, my inner poet, my inner creative, like the girl who just likes creating shit and is, is weird and is in her own space and loves her own company. It. It, it just reminded me of who I am and I really enjoyed that. And when I came back, I could pour that into this podcast, into every single thing I was doing. So now what I've decided to do is just make sure I do that more often. So last week for three to four days, I went to ooh, another cottage I found on Airbnb. It's called The Soap House. It's near Kitengela Hot Glass Studio. It's such a quaint, tiny, silent Oh, beautiful, beautiful cabin stroke cottage this time around. So in January, I went with my camera. So as much as I was resting, I was trying to vlog at the same time. So I'd be recording and stuff like that. But I realized I don't really enjoy (laughs) the vlog style videos. I like somebody else to handle that. So this time around, I went to the soap house with my very good friend, Roy, who also does all of my videos. It was so good. It was such a necessary break. And it really helped me realize that I was probably not defining rest right. Because before I used to think of it as a moment in time where you're doing nothing, like not even reading nothing, just like Whereas that might be the right definition for someone else. I think for me, it's when I'm doing things that renew and fill me up, you know, and things that are not related to work. So what was great about this trip I went on is the cottage was right next to Kitengela Hot Glass Studios. So we walked there and I, I could meet all of the blowers, understand more about glass art. And at the time they were working on this commissioned art piece stroke chandelier that is humongous. And so I got to see that and see the progress they've made with that. They showed me the, not sketches, but the designs of the actual chandelier before they began working on it, which is wonderful. And I'm really glad that I get to share all of this 
on my YouTube in May. I also got to paint. So the cottage was so beautiful. So we had to pick like a frame that we wanted to paint and literally just have like water paints and canvases and paint. And we gifted the owner of the cottage our paintings. He's the owner of Kitengela Hot Glass Studios, so very much an artist and he was very pleased by that. But the painting process allows you to zone out and you're really into the colors and all of these things and you just feel so refreshed once you're done. I also had very wholesome conversations about life, my being, that were very renewing. And so I realized that my mind doesn't work <laughs> when it comes to rest in a space where I'm not doing anything at all, unless I'm sleeping, that I love. But it needs activities that are different, that are creative, that are not related to work, but are very renewing. And that's restful for me. I also realized that you don't need an empty to-do list to rest. Because what I've noticed about myself is that even if I have my to-do list, I will keep adding things on it. <laughs> I'd be like, oh yeah, I've always wanted to record short videos with my poetry. As in, that was not the week's plan. How did I? <laughs> Why have I brought it up now? I'll always keep adding new tasks, new tasks, new tasks to my to-do list. If I sit and wait for me to clear the to-do list for me to rest, then I'll be waiting for a very long time. And I read an article about this actually. So what they recommended is that you just schedule your rest inside your to-do list and stop waiting for when you'll be finished with everything on your to-do list for you to get a rest. No, slot it in there as something to be done. And I think the most important thing, this came up in one of the conversations I had during the trip, was just the realization that it's not the end of the world if you step back from your work to rest. Now, when I was on radio, as much as I took all my leave days and would do anything possible to get out of that workplace. I also found like, for example, when I would be sick, I'd feel very guilty and be like, oh man, now the listeners who are listening to the show every day and they like consistency, now I'm not there, blah, blah, blah. The management also would force you to come back to work, even if you are not fully healed. They would basically guilt you into coming back to work. But I always noticed on my sick days when I was not in studio, the studio wouldn't burn, the station wouldn't be off air, things would work, things would keep moving, you know. And even when I bring it back to, let's say, this trip that I took, three, four days away from work, I didn't even carry my main work laptop. I carried the one that I do most of my writing on. And I think on day one, somebody, well, a client asked for a call. They wanted to jump on a call in that afternoon. So once I arrived at the cottage, the first thing I did was take a work call, which I really should not have done. But <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I told you I'm struggling with this boundaries thing. Then I got a couple of emails for some proposals that I'd sent out some time back. But I literally just told people, A, I'm out of town. I'll howl when I get back. <laughs> <laughs> and I did when I got back. There was a small bit of my inner voice that was like, oh my God, does this mean you're going to lose this business? Like you're, you know, when, whenever a client says now you should be ready. And I'm also like, but also should my life stop waiting for this client to get back to me once I send a proposal? Surely they must also acknowledge that this life is still moving. Anyway, came back 
from my trip, got back to them, and everything was okay. So sometimes there's a quote by Maya Angelou. I can't remember it word for word, but she basically says one bit about rest is that you have to reduce your ego. Sometimes you think that without you, things will not happen, be it work stuff or family stuff, whatever. But then you take yourself out of that equation to take care of yourself and to rest, you realize it keeps moving. And that doesn't mean you're not worthy or that you're worthless. It just means that you can rest without being anxious about what's going to go wrong. Anyway, I hope my long chit chat on guilt-free rest can inspire you to just figure out how to work in rest into your life, especially for those who are running their own businesses or freelancers of self-employed. Yanni, but you know what, for everyone, because even employment, sometimes you get guilted into overworking. And rest, as I said, is is a necessity. It's not a luxury. So let's jump into the song of the week, which I absolutely love. I was jamming it the whole of yesterday, and it's by Blinky Bill. So the song is Badoma Pema. There's something about the beat that just makes me so happy. And I really hope it has the same effect on you. There's a dis- there's a description. There's a link to the song in the description of this episode. Make sure you check it out. And for those of you who do not know, Blinky Bill is a Kenyan artist. So even as you listen to this one song I'm spotlighting, feel free to check out all his music because it's absolutely fantastic. And his YouTube channel as well. I'll even put a link to that because he's also a DJ. So he had some very cool mixes at the beginning of lockdown last year. Ah, They were so refreshing because I had some underground songs that I loved and I would never hear any DJ play. He brought them in in such a beautiful way. And he also played Lucy Pearl, whose music I just adore and hadn't heard in such a long time. So make sure you check, yes, the song of the week, but also um, his YouTube channel. All right, on 100 African Stories, very good friend. And she is an awesome musician from right here in Kenya. Her name is Victoria Kimani. I just love how vocal she is, honestly. Like she will always speak her truth. And I absolutely respect that. The particular story she talks about in this episode, I had never known before. And uh, I can only imagine how heartbreaking it was for her to go through this. Being removed from a song because she is a black African woman. A hundred African stories on Legally Clueless. Stories from Africa. My name is Victoria Kimani and I am in Nairobi, Kenya. There's been several struggles, ridiculous struggles in my life, but there was this one particular time I was probably 22, 23 years old. I was really, really, really trying to have like a foot into the music industry. And I was in the States at the time. I was in Atlanta. There was a time I had met this A&R that worked very closely with a label that I always wanted to affiliate myself with because um, it was ran and headed by a very popular African um, African artist. African, but really like, you know, he, he, well, let's just cut the crap. It's, it's, it's Akon. I really wanted to try my best and be like affiliated with Convict as much as possible. So when I met this A&R, he really, it was kind of fateful. Like it just felt like I manifested it because I remember thinking like, wow, it would be so cool to work with this cat. So eventually we met and immediately 
He heard my demos. He put me in the studio. I was recording constantly. Um, there was even a couple times we recorded out of um, Akon's mom's house, which was super cool. Like she was like the coolest lady ever, and and she cooked and everything. So at some point, I really felt like, wow, you know, these guys are really taking me under their wing. Um, I hadn't met Akon yet, but I met his brother, and I met like some of his other family members, and they had all heard my music. Then I I was told to do like a demo, which was like you know seven to ten songs, just you know fresh music um, not some of my older songs that I came in with I needed to like they wanted to see what I could do with the producers that they know so I did my best I did my thing and then I was told that they wanted to start shopping the songs for my demo to other artists now I don't have a problem with songwriting at the time at the time I didn't quite understand why I was being told we want to work with you as an artist but at the same time you're trying to take my songs and shop them off to other artists and then when I started asking questions like which other artists you know people's different names came up like Britney Spears or you know Rihanna whoever whoever was popping at the time and that had a record deal they were interested in taking the songs that I wrote and shopping them and placing them with other artists at first I was like okay you know a lot of people come in in this way Neil's done it Carrie Hilson has done it there's a lot of artists who have, you know, sort of been discovered through their songwriting and then eventually were able to focus on on their own music eventually, right? And that they can be able to write their songs and put them out and be the face of their own song. But after a while of continuously doing that, I started noticing that, you know, they would kind of like just bring random, and I'm not trying to sound racist, but like they would bring like random, you know, either white girls or mixed girls, or if it was a black girl, she would be like a stripper type. It was, it was definitely a type that they wanted to invest in as artists. And, um, and they would bring them in the studio and say, hey, this person needs singles, they need music. And I couldn't understand for the life of me why I was not good enough to be invested in, in as an artist but I was good enough for my songs to be, you know, kind of exploited. So as I continued to work with that cat, like these type of things kept happening. Like there was a time I recorded a song. I was told that I was going to be on a song with Timbaland and um, a big Russian artist named Timothy. And uh, they asked me to write Timothy's verse and then to write my own verse and record it, which I did. So I recorded verse. I felt like, wow, this is finally a first break. Like these, this camp of guys is kind of their first giving me finally I'm getting a chance to like have my name on my own record as opposed to you know again having to give away my songs and when I tell you that as soon as I recorded it two or three weeks later a music video came out with that same song um it's called all about the money it's featuring Timbaland you can find it online and there's some white lady some white Russian lady lip syncing my vocals in the video like literally <laughs> literally singing and then play performing my vocals in the video. So I really struggled. Um, and I asked a lot of questions, like, how could you let this happen? Why did this happen? And, 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 you know, the music industry is very blunt. And they were just like, yeah, you know, Russian girls, Russians don't really think black girls are too hot, you know? So it just wasn't going to work marketing-wise to have you in the video, even though you're your vocals were hot. So I remember when I first saw the music video come out, again, it's called All About the Money featuring Timbaland and Timati. Um, when I, when it first came out, man, I was, I was frozen. Like I was completely frozen. I don't know if that makes sense. I just remember tears rolling down my eyes. I just remember like, wow, it's 
this has happened to me again. I'm again, I'm like some sheep amongst a bunch of wolves. The fact that they can even do this to me and feel like, oh, it's okay, we can do this. And like the way I found out was like it was literally an alert like I just found out on my phone but the first thing I did is I called the producer the convict producer that even called me initially to even be on the record and I said hey what what's what's going on and the guy was like yeah 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 we didn't have time we had to hurry up and shoot the video but whatever and I was like no I'm not okay with this this is not okay and he was like basically like yeah deal with it you should be grateful your vocals are even on the song and he basically cut the phone. So yeah, um, I just remember crying, <laughs> crying and crying and crying and crying and crying, and that until until I just got over it one day. And then and then the wife, it's so interesting. The wife of the producer called me. Um, I don't even know how she got my number. God bless her. She called me and she's like, "Hey, I just want you to know that I was on set. I didn't know what was happening to you. Um, I didn't know this whole thing had happened. I got your number from this person. I heard about it and I just want to let you know I'm really sorry. I think you're talented. It's unfortunate that this happened to you. And she's just like, I just wanted to call you as a woman and just let you know that I, I sympathize with what happened. And although my husband is, you know, he's just trying to make money and he's just trying to, you know, she was trying to basically smooth it out. And I guess they didn't know who I knew or if I knew anything. Clearly they knew that I didn't have anybody besides them. So who am I gonna run and tell you know I just remember crying like it was just sad <laughs> so I really struggled for quite a while you know just with like it was so weird to me that the racism I was experiencing was coming from my own like African people you know it wasn't coming from white people it was the racism and like the discrimination I was facing was literally coming from my own group of people in fact that are like way darker than me <laughs> if you really want to talk about it you know what I mean it's like wow how can you of all people just have this general dismissal of black talent as it's sitting in the room so much so that you're willing to sort of milk me milk all the good for me and pump it into people who are completely undeserving for the most part not even talented but maybe they just had a look that they felt was marketable so this was a struggle for me i mean it, and it it this exact same story even after i left that um affiliation with with that label it's it's it repeated itself several times within the music industry specifically in america so it was just crazy it's, it's crazy and then as i would look around i would see a lot of other talented girls just like me who were black not light-skinned normal black girls and their story was exactly the same and it was like wow this this is looking like a pattern like here i, I came into the game bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and high expectations and then it was just like you no matter what you do you'll never be good enough uh, no matter how much you work out you'll never have a desired body no matter how much it, it was always there was always a but at the end of everything and um even in the songwriting it started to affect my writing too as a writer because the music was get, was too good I was singing too well on the demos. It was like, no, you need to dumb it down. We're trying to sell your songs to people who don't have, you know, this this vocal range. So not only are we taking from you, but like creatively, you can't even be as free as you want to be. So um, I actually stopped. That's when I stopped writing for other people. That's exactly the time I, I, I woke up one day and I'm like, you know what? I'm not happy and I feel used, I don't feel appreciated, I'm going to stop. That was the time that I really struggled with identity, I struggled with confidence, I struggled with so many things because I was constantly being beat down by people in my immediate circle. It kind of continued, like there was several other times 
from my own kind that I was just made to feel like, nah, it can't be used. There's just been so many cases of plagiarism and my music getting stolen. Or like I told you, the person lip syncing my vocals like that. That's that's been such a crazy thing. And, and I guess we don't really get over pain, you know, like you kind of just you. you I don't know. I guess you grow a thick skin. Um, moving back home, though, moving back home to the continent is really, 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 really what helped me build that back because here I am now where we're all black and then now the conversation is different you know it's it's a whole different conversation there's also discriminations as well there's countryism there's tribalism there's all kinds of is it the way I look at it now it's weird it's like dang you guys missed out like I would have actually added so much sauce and like so much goddess to the video but you guys just decided to go this direction it's your loss um but it, it, it also helped me realize that you know in many ways, Black men are accepted in the world, but Black women are not. After the encounter, I did not quit music. I just quit working with them. <laughs> Actually, very shortly after that, I joined a duo, which um, was really just two artists, two of us together. And then we made a little group and we started working on our demo like immediately after I stopped working with them. And we got signed like very shortly after. So it was interesting how, you know, I stopped working with them and then, you know, God opened another door for me in another way. Moving back to Africa definitely helped me gain my confidence back as an artist. It helps me to really see my value a lot more being around people who, who also saw that value. You know, obviously there's been other challenges. I can't here and say that it you know I coming home fixed everything because there was just a new set of challenges you know but it definitely definitely helped and it was a huge confidence booster to be around other black people and black women specifically that are successful when I performed at the Channel O Awards in South Africa and just receiving such a warm reception from the people in SA from the fans the people in the audience they were really looking at me like wow like you're a real African pop star and I was like whoa like how do you guys even know me and I, I know that my music videos were playing on MTV and Channel O and Trace and all that but I guess I didn't really realize the impact I didn't realize that there was someone at home that would recognize me performing on stage so that time that I performed was one of my first times performing in, in South Africa and to see people in another country that I had never really been to um, knowing my music and being excited to see me it really was uh, it definitely filled me through like you have no idea like it, it just I don't know how to explain it but it it boosted so much within me and as I continued to like post those stories and share the people a lot of the people that I used to work with back in the states are like wow I'm proud of you and hearing them say that was also very interesting because it's like wow I really had to get out of this space go find embrace and be myself in another space um which has its own discriminations as as well but to be embraced by you know different artistic circles was also it's just cool to be respected for what your passion is for what you really really believe that you're good at doing what you believe you're put on earth to do so yeah that was a really good experience performing at channel award do i ever feel like i'm not african enough girl you know you know the, the different things i've had to deal with um when it comes to this exact sub subject yeah i've i've always felt very outcasted um i've always kind of just been the freak which is why i even named the last album africa because it was like this is me owning me being this 
other type of being that that a lot of people deem as as weird or freaky or just different you know we can't relate you know when people say things like that it's like wow like it's just so weird to me um how a lot of people still don't understand that swahili is something that not every single kenyan in the world speaks there is a very big generation of people like me first generation um born in other countries where swahili was just not spoken in the home but it doesn't take away from my kenyanness it doesn't take away from my africanness if anything it just shows a different face to it and i think we need to be a lot more understanding as africans that there are different types of us around the world um that's where education comes in though that's where you know when i hear those things it makes me realize that you know what this is just an education problem this is not to be taken personally but yeah even when i was in in west africa in nigeria for a while there was a lot of oh well she's kenyan why are we giving her this she's kenyan she's not nigerian so so i've always just felt like i don't fit here i don't fit there and it's just always you know if i leave personal acceptance up to other people i will never accept myself so that's where it comes in to play where you know you really have to know who you are accept yourself for who you are and and really embrace yourself and celebrate yourself because i'm amazing you know and so who are these people to tell me that i'm not because because i don't i didn't grow up the same way there's plenty and plenty stories i can tell you of not feeling african enough being bullied because of it being made fun of because of it again like i said earlier you definitely grow a thick skin and you start to really know who you are and the things that people laugh at you for you don't even it just doesn't affect you as much as it does the first time you know you just kind of honestly start feeling sorry for people who who talk that way you know catch more african stories in the next episode of legally clueless I hope you enjoyed that short but powerful story by Victoria Kimani. I have put links to her online platforms in the description of this episode. Make sure you check her out. Check out her music as well. It's so wild that like African women are so gorgeous. They're so diverse in in our skin. Oh, our skin is 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 so rich. It like has so many stories to tell. I know that's a bit poetic, but I, I think you understand what I'm saying. And what is so sad for me, but it's like a bittersweet because I'm glad we're here, is that it took us so many years to get to a point where we could celebrate and start taking back our power, which is no fault of ours. I mean, everywhere we looked, we were being told how not enough we, we are. You know what I mean? as we are and that we needed to change abcd about us and even right now they still like stereotypes of what an african woman looks like that not all african women fit into but we're really doing the work in reclaiming our power over things like success things like beauty and and how we want to be received and it's really beautiful cannot believe like when when she got to the point of the story when she's talking about the music video and there being a white woman performing <laughs> Victoria's bits like it's still Victoria's voice on the song and somebody's just mouthing along like the it's such a silly thing to do but it's also such a heavy thing at the same time like you're really breaking somebody's spirit by doing this silly thing i hope you enjoyed the story if you want to share your story on this podcast ooh we have a google form <laughs> yes we do so i put up a google form 
And the link to it is in the description of this episode. The link is also on our Instagram page. You can fill out the form or you can send the story demo if you really want to, to our hotline number, which is plus 254-768-628-790. Just a one minute story demo. You can record it using your WhatsApp audio note feature, telling me a bit about the story that you want to share. You can also send an audio note if you hear something on any of the episodes in this podcast that you resonate with. I would absolutely love to hear from you. Hi Adele, my name is Jerusha and I've just come from listening to the latest podcast about being unemployed in Kenya and I really just wanted to say how grateful I am to that girl for sharing her story and, f- and to you for giving her the platform to share her story because I'm in the same exact situation and I relate so much that I was like sis are you talking about me uh I'm so grateful to her for sharing her story because sometimes when, you, when you're in that situation you kind of feel like it's just you everyone else has their shit figured out in too you're just out here suffering but hearing her talking about it it, it gives me um some comfort and some some courage to keep to keep keeping on and yeah i'm just so grateful and i really just hope things will be better for us that must have been episode 88 you're talking about mercy story that also happens to be on the legally clueless video series yes so if you head over to our youtube channel you can watch mercy tell her story live and There's a bit of a happy ending that's come to it. So go and watch it. There's a link to it in the description of this episode. I need to wrap up this episode because if you can hear my neighbor's pump is on, she has been putting it on in intervals of, I don't know, 20 minutes from morning. And by morning, I mean like 7 a.m. I don't know what's happening in that house. (laughs) However, before I go, remember new audio episodes out every Monday and video episodes out every Friday. And this podcast plays on Trace Radio every Monday and Wednesday at 12 noon and 7 p.m. And Fridays at 12 noon. So head over to traceradio.co.ke to stream the station there or to see the different frequencies if you are in different parts of Kenya. That's it for this episode of Legally Clueless. You can share this podcast with your friends. You can keep it for yourself. I'm not judging. Just make sure you're here next week for the next episode.